Good morning, Discover Church family. I'm so excited to have the opportunity to share with you today as we close out our Faith That Works series online. Pastor Curtis has done an awesome job at sharing stories through the Bible and stories of Jesus, of just how it relates sometimes, that how our faith can help us not just get through a bad moment or a bad situation, but those hard situations and how we really need to change who we are and put our trust in Jesus, right? And I think it just completely relates with the holidays coming up. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. Who's still still a little full from all that turkey in our belly, right? Thank goodness for some good food, right? And with Christmas getting ready to come up, you know, I think I think this Faith That Works series can really resonate with us. And that what makes me really excited to share with you today, we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus, you know, because we are a church, but how that Jesus, he had some bad days too, and how he survived those, and what it was like for even, even Jesus to go through a bad day, and how the faith that he even had helped him get through those moments. And and honestly, how you and I, believe it or not, can relate to Jesus in those situations. And I know it's going to sound cliche, and you guys are just going to kind of shake your head and roll your eyes at me. And it's okay, I can't see you because we're online, right? But my favorite book in the whole world really is the Bible. It's so amazing how points and stories that could have been thousands of years ago really does relate to you and I. It relates to me, to what I go through right now. And I know, like I said, it sounds cliche, but I promise you there are stories, there are passages, and that word that God has produced that can speak to you right where you are right now with right what you're going through. It can speak more loudly than anything anybody can tell you today. So listen, back to the faith that works. And I know this is true that sometimes we get caught up, right, with what's going on in the moment, what's, what's happening right in the season we're in. Because sometimes it's a journey we're on, right? Things aren't immediate always. If things always happened immediately, if resolutions were all, always in an immediate action, we'd probably all get along a lot better with each other, right? We'd never get in arguments. We'd always love on each other more. But we know it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes there's seasons, there's journeys that we go on. And if you're like me, sometimes I start to wonder, you know, does God really know what I'm going through? Does he really understand how I feel in the situation and, and what I might be going through? Because let's be honest. I, I want to be honest with you today. I'm always honest with you. We get that way, right? We get into a situation. We get into a journey. And we start to question if, if God's really there. If, and if he was, why would he let me go through what I'm going through? Why would he let me feel the way I feel, right? And Pastor Curtis has given us great wisdom. Listen, I encourage you, if you've not listened to all of the messages this past month online, go back through and listen to them. They are great, great messages, little notes and little pins that you can take out and you can hang on to and remember, right? But he's taught us, if nothing else, we've learned this past series that, you know, we need to lean into our relationship with God, not turn away from, you know, when things go awry. You know, and I've actually listened, like I said, I've listened to these messages more than once because I've needed to lean on them, right? I've had some few bad moments. I, I'm going on my own journey right now, and, and I've learned, and I know that I need to lean onto Jesus in these moments of, of hard times, of confusion and just conflict, instead of turning my back against him. Because when we turn our back against him, he's not in front of us anymore. We can't see him, and it's hard to remember he's there. 
But if we're leaning on him, then he's going to catch us when we fall. He's already got a hold of us, right? So I just want to take a few minutes today. I'm not going to be long. And I just want to share some stories of you, um, with you, of where Jesus was having a bad day. It's why I love the Bible. I really do, because it's relatable and it's real. And if you read it, you'll see Jesus had some bad days just like we did. He went through some junk that sometimes I think we kind of overlook because he's Jesus. Um, so that's what I want to talk about. Do me a favor. If you have your Bible, listen, I encourage you. You're at home. You can hit the pause button if you want to. Grab your Bible. Grab a journal. Grab a highlighter. Grab a pencil. Use your phone if you need to. Take some notes. Remember these passages because these are ones that you can hang on to for when when things do get hard or when you have those bad moments or bad situations. We're going to be reading out of Matthew right from the New Testament because we're talking about Jesus today. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read the first 11 passages. I'm reading out of the message version today. I actually like this translation. Um, I kind of go back and forth with a few other ones, but I just really like the way the message lays out um, Matthew 4 today. And it says, Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for a test. The devil was ready to give it. You see, Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And that left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test. Since you are God's son, speak the word that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. And Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. For the second test, the devil took him to the holy city. He sat on top of the temple and said, since you are God's son, jump. The devil goaded him by quoting Psalm 91. He has placed you in the care of angels. They will catch you so that you won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. And Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy. Don't you dare test the Lord your God. For the third test, the devil took him to a peak of a huge mountain. He gestured expansively, pointing out all of earth's kingdoms. How glorious they all were. And then he said, they're yours. Lock, stock, and barrel. Just go down on your knees and worship me, and they're yours. Jesus' refusal was curt, beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. The test was over, the devil left, and in his place, angels. Angels came and took care of Jesus' needs. Look, if you read that scripture, Jesus was in a rough season. He had a rough moment, even while serving God. Let's not forget Jesus is the son of God. He's also a son of man. So he's human, but he's still God's son. And it was one of these seasons. It's the reason why, like I said, I love the Bible so much. I love the New Testament because we get to see what Jesus went through. And it also relates because how many of us are in a bad season? How many of us are, are having a rough time, whether it's at work with our kids, with our finances? Or how many of us feel like it's just all piling on top of us? It's kind of what Jesus went through in Matthew 4. And let's look at verse 8 and 9 again. It says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I give you if you fall down and worship me. Right? So if you take time and you read that passage, it brings me to the first point I want to talk about, and that's that God never leaves us. 
And I know sometimes when we're in that valley, when we're in that low, when we are fighting whatever battle and situation we're in, it doesn't feel like that, right? But God never leaves us. And if that's true, if God never leaves us, then we're kind of like in a relationship with him, right? Think of it with a relationship with your spouse or with your children or even with friends and coworkers. What's a relationship? It takes two, right? And no, I'm not going to start singing the song. But it takes two for a relationship. And the best part of our relationship that we have with Jesus is that he never leaves. And so it even says in the Bible, if you look in the Bible, it even says that Jesus will never leave or forsake us. So in a relationship with God, it's just us. It's just me that I have to, I have to worry about, that I have to take care of, right? But it's hard. Because, look, in this passage, Satan promised Jesus everything as far as his eyes could see. And he waited. Get this. Satan waited to entice Jesus when he was in a time of need. So right now, if I could take you and I could show you a scene where you had no worries, you had no financial problems, where you could just go and everything you could see would be yours. It would be easy to say yes, right? It'd be easy to say, okay, yep, that's what I want. I'm going to go there instead of dealing with what I have right now. And Satan waited to tempt Jesus with that when he was hungry, when he was all alone, when he was down, when life wasn't so great, right? Isn't that usually what happens? We get kicked when we're already down. We talk about that sometimes. We use those references. You know, Satan didn't wait till Jesus was on the mountaintop teaching thousands of people to tempt him. He didn't wait when he was performing miracles, when the woman touched his hem and she was healed by simply touching his robe. Satan didn't do, do you know, try to tice him and tempt him in the midst of him doing miracles and in the midst of him teaching thousands of disciples. No, no, no. Satan waited till he was all alone, till he was hungry, until he was tired. Because we got to remember, Jesus is still human at this point, so he's still emotional. He still has feelings. He has feelings just like you and I do. And, and I don't know about you, but you ever get hangry, right? I get hangry all the time. So imagine 40 days of hangry, and then you're being enticed with all these things. How easy would it be to drop what you're in the midst of and just follow after Satan because it just seems easier? And it makes me think of a time uh, way, way many years ago before I was married to, um, not my better half, I'm his better half, but before I was married to Pastor Curtis, who I, I love dearly as much as I tease him, um, I, was, I was working full time down at the beach. I was in really my dream job, and I was just given this huge, significant promotion. I was freshly out of high school. I was 18 years old, and I was making the most money I had ever made in my entire life. And it was, it was a significant amount. It was a large amount for, for an 18-year-old to make. It was a large amount for a 30-year-old to make at that time. And I was, I was starting my career path. My manager was setting me up to become a manager. And I was, I was going. I was rolling. I was happy. I was bringing in the dough. Life was grand. Um, and then I got offered a position to work in full-time ministry, which is my heart. It was what I had always wanted to do. It was what I knew God had called me to do. The only difference is that full-time ministry wasn't going to pay 
a whole, whole lot. Um, the pay was going to be extremely insignificant. Um, so there I was. I was presented with my dream job in a secular world, making buku money. You know, I would have been set for life if I stayed on that path. Finances would have never been a problem for me my entire life. And then on the other hand, I had where God wanted me to be, where I knew I was called to be with no money, though. And I had to make that decision. Was I going to follow after a career path that would make me financially stable but wasn't where God wanted me to be? Or was I going to take a jump and a leap of faith and follow after the calling God, all my, God had on my life, although financially it didn't look secure and financially, we were getting ready to be married, wasn't maybe all that well. So I had to make that decision. You see where Satan kind of threw that in in the midst. I was, I was on the right path. I was doing good. You know, what looked out in front of me at that time, I was able to obtain anything I could want because my finances were so great and, and, and the paths that I had, I had worked for were set up. But over here, Jesus was calling me to something else. And it wasn't going to be easy. It was going to be a struggle financially. But I also knew where it was God had me to be. And I had to make that decision on which, which one was I going to go. Thank God I followed after him. And I made the sacrifice, the financial sacrifice, and I went into full-time ministry. And I know we've shared this before with you guys, and it's because it's such a huge part of our story and who we are. I went from, from, from many zeros to very, very few zeros in full-time ministry. But God blessed me more than I could ever ask for in full-time ministry. My husband and I, we built a house. We should have never got approved for a loan financially. And we were able to build a house and start our family. And God has taken care of us every step of the way. We've never financially went without because we followed after the path God had us on. And we didn't allow Satan to tempt us by looking out and seeing all that we could potentially have and said we followed after the calling God put on our hearts. And Matthew 4.10 is the reason why I stayed strong and I was able to follow after the calling that God had on my life. Matthew 4.10 says, Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. And see, that was the difference for me in the two paths, the path that Satan had for me and the path God had for me. And that relationship and the relationship I had with God, I knew I had to follow after him. I knew I had to worship him only and serve him with my whole heart. Would God have blessed me if I stayed in the secular realm, if, if I stayed down at the beach and worked that job? Absolutely. God would have, would have continued. I would have still served God, but would have been the path that he wanted me on. Would I have been here today? Do you see how when we follow after God, even through our seasons, and we don't allow Satan to come in and tempt us, even when things that Satan shows us looks glorious and they look like they could be the right path. But God sometimes has different plans with us. And if we worship him and only him, he will always take care of us in every need, in every situation. And that brings me back to my second point today. And that's we forget that no matter the circumstance, to always have God first. Right? When things aren't going well, when we're having a bad day, when that chaos erupts at home or at work, 
Do we really remember to put God first? Do we remember to always put him in front of every decision we make, every turn we take? You know, my mother-in-law passed away probably about 11 years ago. Um, She passed away from cancer, but she was a fierce, God-loving woman. And she, listen, she could literally install the fear of God in you. She did in me a few times, right? But she she battled cancer for about three years. And from the first moment of her diagnosis, she always told us that when Jesus was ready for her to go, she was ready to go. And if it was now or if it was later during her cancer, she was fine with that. Diana passed away on a Saturday afternoon. It was the day before, um, that day before that Friday. She had been at the church we were at that time. She'd been there all day prepping and planning and organizing for this big um, pastor's appreciation dinner that was going on. Because you see, she spent her last day on earth. She spent her last day on earth doing what God had called her to do. You see, she was a chef. She was a coordinator. She was a planner. Even in her last moments on earth, she was still serving out God. She was still following the plan he had for her. And you know that, you know, she passed away. And that next day, that Sunday, I was content on just staying at home, not going to church and kind of grieving alone. That's, you know, that's the introvert inside of me. I kind of just wanted to be alone for a little bit. But Pastor Curtis, he wanted to go to church. He wanted to be there. And I didn't understand why, but I I dressed up the kids and we went. And he told our pastor that morning that he needed to come to church because he wanted to worship God. Because even though his mom, she wasn't here anymore, he was thankful for the time he had for her. And he knew that God was in control of it all. You see, even in the worst of our circumstances, God has to be first. And that example that Pastor Curtis set for me and for my kids, it has dramatically changed how I handle trauma, and how I handle hard situations. Do we remember in the times of trials and sorrow and pain to put God first in front of it? Do we thank him for the time we have with our loved ones? Do we thank him for the situations, the good times that we have? It's hard, right? We don't want to think about that at at that moment for what we're going through. But worshiping God even in the worst worst of circumstances, putting him first in our life, placing him in front of all situations. That's how we survive, guys. That's how we win our battles. That's how we win our our temptations with Satan. That's how we, we get the victory is putting God first. Listen, verse 11. This is, this is amazing verse in Matthew 4. And I think sometimes along with us forgetting that, that Jesus is just like you and I in Matthew 4 and that he struggled with these situations and he was, he was in a bad spot. I think we also forget the end of this story. Matthew 4.11 says, The devil left, and in his place, angels. Angels came and took care of Jesus' need. You see, the, the devil messed with Jesus. He messed with him bad while he was in the desert. Forty days and forty nights of no food. No water, probably whole not a lot of sleep. Jesus was grumpy. Jesus was emotional. Maybe cried a few times. Maybe yelled, screamed a few times. We don't see those that emotional toll in this scripture that this time had with had on Jesus. That what they experienced was like, but we know it was there, right? We know he experienced all of that. 
like I said, 40 days with no food and no water. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for me. And I know you're staring at a TV or a computer screen, wherever you might be. Unless you're driving. Don't do it if you're driving. Please pull off the side of the road. Close your eyes for me for just a moment. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. You're in the desert, so it's hot. You've not had any food. You've not had any water for 40 days. You've not had a shower. You've probably not slept a whole lot. Emotionally, how would you be right now if you were Jesus? Right? It would be rough. And some of you, some of you are living in that desert right now, today. You didn't have to close your eyes and and picture yourself there because you're there. You're in it. You see, Jesus' body was weak while he was there. He was mentally depleted, and Satan knew right where his weak spots were. He knew just what to tempt Jesus with. He knew what to put in front of him, just like Satan knows what to put in front of you. I want to look at verse 11 again. You can open up your eyes if you want, because it's the part I think we miss in this whole story of Jesus and Satan. The end of verse 11 says, angels came and took care of Jesus' needs. He was hungry. Angels fed him. He was thirsty. They brought water. You know what? Jesus needed a hug. It's been a rough 40 days. They wrapped their arms around him. It brings me to my last point that I want to talk about today and how we we go through and, and, and we survive the seasons we're in. God takes care of our needs if we let him. So, so often we struggle, right, just to survive the battle, to survive the season that we're in. We, you know, we, we just push through. We, we, we struggle just to get to the end line, the end zone, that we forget when it's over. And listen, for those of you that are in it right now, it does end. There is an end point to your battle to your struggle that God just doesn't get the victory for us coming through it but he also has angels ready to come and take care of you he has angels ready to come and refill you and to supply you of all your needs from your battle to take care of your wounds to feed you to give you something to drink he has angels ready just to wrap their arms around you and lift you up in celebration for surviving the battle You know, for Curtis, when his mom passed away, angels were beside him holding his hands up when he worshiped the next day. You know, we get so tied up in the right now, the why me thoughts, that we can't see God in the midst of it all. We forget that he's always there with us, even in the midst of the temptations. Do you know there was another time in the Bible that Jesus felt alone and abandoned? And this time it wasn't because he went out to fast and pray. He felt alone and abandoned by his own friends, by the ones that had been with him for three years following him. So it's Mark 14, 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply distress and be troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he told them. Stay here, keep watch. Going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might come pass from him. 
And this is Jesus at this moment. He's praying to God to take away the death that he's about to face, the pain he's about to face on the cross. He prayed, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away, and he prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. And returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still asleep and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here come my betrayers. Jesus just wanted some friends to stay awake with him. He just wanted somebody to pray with him. And his friends couldn't even do that. They couldn't just be with him in his last moments for what he needed. When Jesus was going through his own struggle, going through his own season, all he wanted was someone to stand beside him and raise his hands up and pray with him. And he couldn't find it. He was alone. And maybe you can't find God in your situation right now. Like Jesus couldn't find his disciples, his friends to stay with him. Maybe you're more like Jesus in the desert. And maybe Satan's found some of your weak spots. And he is throwing everything he can at you. Maybe you're just tired and you're frustrated at feeling like you're all alone, like Jesus was in Mark. If you're trying just to survive the season you're in right now, listen, it could be anything. And don't think what you're struggling with right now is any less than what someone else is struggling with. Don't compare yourself to someone else because that insignificant feeling, that insignificant comparison That's Satan, too. That's him distracting you from what's really going on. And for me, personally right now, listen, my season, I am struggling hard with my mind and my emotions. Talk to me about anything, and I can cry just like that. You know, my mind is going like a 1,000 miles an hour, and it's never stopping. Neither is my body, and my fight this season is just keeping God first and foremost in everything I do. So what are you battling with? Is God still first in the midst of your battle? Look, Acts chapter 2, verse 23 through 25 says, But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross, you killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. This is King David talking about Jesus. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Wherever you're at today, whatever you're going through, whatever your season looks like, Jesus is right beside you. He's never left you, and he never will. It's up to you, though, to reach out and take his hand. Will you do that today? Will you pray with me? As we go through these next seasons, these, these real seasons, these holidays, whatever you're facing, whatever battle you're going through, one, remember, God never leaves us. Two, are you putting him first? And three, do you know he has angels ready to help you when the battle's over with? Let's pray. 
Lord, I just thank you for this amazing time together, Lord God, just to lean in closer to you. Lord, your word clearly states that you never leave us and you never forsake us. And I am, I am humbled by that, Lord God. I couldn't do anything without you. So I'm thankful that you're always there. And Lord, I thank, I'm thankful that you're with me through the seasons, through the hard times, through the struggles. Lord, as my emotions and my mind, as I run a thousand miles a minute, Lord God, I know you're right there with me holding my hand. And I know when I'm through this season, you'll be there with me. And you'll have your angels there to pick me up, to wrap me up, and to give me whatever I may need. For every person that's listening to this today, Lord God, or, or will listen throughout the week, Lord God, I pray that you touch them. Help them through the battles, Lord God. Let them recognize the temptations of Satan. Let them understand what's being put in front of them. That's you, and that's the devil tempting them. That they can stand strong on your word, just like you did in Matthew, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for them, Lord God. Lord, we praise you. We love you. And Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry that we don't always stand strong when the battles come. But with you, we can. And Lord, we grow closer to you every day. We, we read your word every day, so we just might know a little bit more about you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, and we bless you for this wonderful day. In your precious name, amen. Listen, guys, I love you so much. And if you are going through a battle, if you are struggling and you feel alone, reach out to someone. Send me a message today, and I will pray we can get together, and we will fight the battles with you. We are here for you. We pray for you daily. We love you guys. If you have an amazing opportunity, join us in person so we can get to know you better, so we can see you face-to-face, 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We hope to see you in the near future.